welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Just want to thank everyone who came to the virtual Cindy Eckert event this week. Wow, super awesome conversation with Cindy. I'm so inspired, and y'all had amazing questions that really had the event, you know, going hot. You know, it was awesome. So thank you so much. We'll let you know when our next event is coming up. In today's episode, I interviewed Dr. Sophia Yen, CEO and founder of Pandia Health. Pandia Health is an at-home birth control delivery service, and it is doctor-founded and doctor-led. So Dr. Yen is a Stanford clinical associate professor Um, who is passionate about reproductive health, uh, specifically for adolescents. And our conversation today, we talked a lot about the biology of the pill, um, you know, different types of contraceptive with the ring and IUD, even shots, and um, talked about the accessibility and convenience of having birth control for women. Uh, We also talked about Plan B Uh, and the biology of Plan B um, and other types of prescription, you know, um, morning after, quote unquote, pills. Very, very interesting. I think you're going to really enjoy this. She's obviously so passionate about what she does. Um, I think you'll really love listening to her. Enjoy. Yeah. um, Thank you for replying to my message on Alpha. I saw your post and I said, oh my gosh, I have to have this lady on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited that we're both doctors. Yeah, yeah. It gives some credibility to what we say, right? Exactly. Um, How often do you post on that page, Alpha? I would say that maybe once a month I look around and see if there's anything of interest to me or anything I can, you know, help with. How about you? I'm new to it, and so I'm still kind of exploring it, and I've already seen a lot of cool people that I want to reach out to. So it's been a really cool board for activity. Yeah, no, I particularly like the AMA. They bring in a lot of high power people and the people come and they answer your questions and that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of actual engagement, which I love. Um, yes. So you're the founder of Pandia Health. <laughs> you pronounce it perfectly. We like to pronounce it Pandia. So Pan is every and Dia is day. So we have you covered Ooh, every single day. I love it. I made that up, but um, the main, we actually got it. She's a Greek goddess of healing, light, and full moon. Ooh. And so we are all about women's empowerment. And so we went through all the Greek goddesses and we had to find one whose mission kind of fit what we do mm-hmm. and whose website wasn't taken. that's the hardest part of having a company's name chosen is finding a domain that's available (laughs) exactly exactly and so I was just like it's fate because then from my Spanish background I was like because I took Spanish for 10 years um through high school and college um pan and dia and I was like every day we have you covered every day I love it I love it so much what is your background 
Yeah, so uh, I went to MIT for undergrad and got a bachelor in science, then went to UCSF for medical school, did a pediatrics residency at Children's Oakland, then went back to UC San Francisco to um, specialize in teenagers, what we call sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And and being an academic, you have to specialize in something. And my interest has always been um, sex, meaning the prevention and the prevention of unplanned pregnancies. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to be pregnant, we have great technology. You can have as much sex as you want. Just don't get diseases and don't get pregnant if you don't want to. And then I also did a master of public health at UC Berkeley. And now I'm a clinical associate professor at Stanford. Um, One half day a week where I do their morbid obesity clinic and then rest of the time 24-7 Pandia Health. So birth control, birth control, birth control. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions already. I'm super excited. Why don't you tell our listeners what Pandia Health does? Yeah, so Pandia Health is the only women-founded, women-led, doctor-led birth control delivery company. If you have a prescription, just tell us where it's at, tell us your insurance, and we'll bill your insurance, ship it to your door every month, every three months, depending what your insurance or your doctor wrote for, with some free goodies and some random um, Pandia Health public service announcement. We like to throw in some education. Like, did you know generics are as good as brand? Did you know that there are four types of emergency contraception and the prescription one is the best one? Did you know that you can turn off your periods and how much better is life that way? And then if you need a prescription, we can write a prescription for just 20 bucks. Once a year, you use our expert doctors for the next 364 days. So any questions you want, any follow-up, you can just contact us. And we can do that in California, Texas, and Florida. And we just opened up Louisiana, and we're going to open up Arizona and Hawaii hopefully soon. Why do you have to go state by state? Yeah, so we're hoping after COVID um, that they won't have these silly restrictions where a physician has to be board certified, not board certified, you have to be licensed state by state. Mm -hmm. And what's ridiculous is as a physician, I took a national exam. Mm -hmm. I didn't take a California pediatrician exam. Mm -hmm. I took, and and the pediatrician or the adolescent medicine or the internal medicine or OB-GYN shouldn't practice medicine differently in New York, Houston, or San Francisco, or LA, different from anywhere else. But I think it's because the doctors didn't, it was about monopoly. And they didn't want a doctor on a state next to them to like come in, or specifically with telemedicine. Like if all the doctors in Maine picked up all the patients in California or New York, they would be able to provide it cheaper because the doctors in California, New York have to pay California, New York Mm. rent, but the doctor in Maine could just be doing telemedicine from home. Yeah. So I think, um, so hopefully with the COVID and realizing we need as many people to be able to do whatever the heck they want, they will decrease these rules that I have to get licensed in every single state where we're trying to do the telemedicine. So that is just such a burden and such a hassle. Yeah. Is it you that has to be licensed in everyone or you need to find a doctor in that state to, to be able to prescribe the pill? We um, could either do it with me or we could do it with a doctor in that state. And I just like to have the license so that if anything goes wrong in that Mm -hmm. state, then I can be there for backup. But we're also going with the model that each state has a state champion and then that person can be the backup and not me. Delegate, 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 right? (laughs) Yes. And that is the key to life and startup, right? Don't be afraid to delegate. 
don't be afraid to hire people that you would trust to delegate. Because if you can't, yeah. then maybe you hired the wrong person. That's right. That's right. And if you're not hiring people that can actually do it better than you, then you need to hire better people, right? I yes. like to try yes. to always hire people that I'm like, you're way more impressive than me. Please join my yeah. team. <laughs> you know, yeah. when, did, when did you like, start? Know this? your limitations and get help for what yes. you don't know. Yeah. When did you start Pindia Health? Yeah, so came up with the idea in like 2014 and then 2016 launched Women Founded, Women Led, Doctor Led. And so you're in multiple states. How many, can you tell us how many people use your platform? I just say that it's a good number. We leave that as an NDA, non yeah, disclosure. Yeah, yeah. No worries, no worries. I get it. I get it. But we would love to serve as many as want to come our way. And we feel that we provide expert care with expert doctors. Yeah. And one thing we're really trying to educate people about telemedicine is how do you choose quality telemedicine? Mm. So if it's your doctor, then go for it. But if you're coming out of nowhere, check on the website. Does it list the doctor's name, first and last name? Does it give you where they went to school, where they studied? And so on our website, we list everybody's first and last name, where they went to school, because we're proud of our doctors. Yep. But if you look at other websites, they can't even find the chief medical officer. Or even if you do, that's the supervisor. But who's the one taking care of you when you pick up that call or you're filling out that form or that's managing you? Yeah. And is it a person that specializes in that thing? And so Pandia Health is all about birth control. I've written 2,000 birth control prescriptions in the past two years. Mm -hmm. And it's all I think about. And I see all the side effects. And so then I know, oh, this, this drug doesn't work well in Latinas or Asian Americans. Let's try this one instead. And so then we try to give people the best possible experience. But if you have some guy who specializes in you know skin but he's writing your birth control mm -hmm. that's not gonna be so great right yeah yeah and, yeah would you recommend that your platform is for women who have been on the same pill for a while and they just need that like you know renewal or is it also a platform for women who've never been on the pill and want to be on it yeah, so you hit it exactly on the head. For our company, it's easier if you've been on it forever and you know when you go to your doctor's office, all they do is check your blood pressure and be like, everything okay? Yep. Okay, and they write it. And you're like, why did I miss work, drive in, and then drive back out just for this, yep. right? But we absolutely want you to see your primary care doctor for regular checkup, cholesterol, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But we don't want you to miss out on your birth control because, oh my gosh, I forgot to get the refill and now the doctor won't let me in and they won't write me the prescription. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then for the newbies, I think we are the best platform. The, the newbies cause me pain because they ask a lot of questions and have a lot of issues. But because we've learned from these women and we're actually asking women at the end of our questionnaire to self-report their ethnicity mm. and we're trying to correlate ethnicity with drug to see if more women do better on this drug versus that drug and stuff like that. So I think we are one of the better platforms for the newbies because I am the only academic physician that leads a company like this. And so I take science and I apply it. I take the research and I apply it. And so, and I treat you as I would treat myself, my daughters, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm the only CEO that's taken the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. And I will absolutely make money for my investors, but I won't 
get make it by pushing this drug because I have a deal with that drug company. Yeah. Or pushing this drug because I have a better margin. Yeah. And so you need to be careful of anything, anybody that's pushing a particular drug. Like you go to their website and they only give you this choice. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we you know, we ask you, what have you been on? What's good for you? If it's working for you, I won't touch it. Yeah. But if I notice you're on a low dose that's not good for your bones, we'll bring it up. We'll yeah. be like, uh, is it okay if we keep you on the same exact ingredients, just a little bit higher so we can protect your bones? Yeah. Or if we notice you're on a triphasic, nobody should be on a triphasic. So triphasic has three different levels of hormones that go up and down and up and down and up and down every month. You don't need that. Just take one dose and be nice and smooth. How does so, somebody find out if they're on a triphasic? Yeah, so if there's the name Tri anywhere in your pill, like uh-huh. Tri uh, Sprintec, Tri Phasal, Noral Null Seven Seven Seven, or anything mm. that implies there's anything more than one dose, mm-hmm. then you're probably on Triphasic. Also, if you look at your pack of pills and there's three or four different colors, mm-hmm. then you're probably on a Triphasic. But if there's just two colors, which is the active pills and the sugar pills, yep. then you're on a Monophasic. And then what other birth control tips do I have? Um, the main thing is we're just really trying to educate women and anybody with a uterus that's bleeding one week out of four, periods optional. So hashtag periods optional, hashtag skip your periods. If you're on medication, the pill, the patch, the ring, the IUD, the implant, the shot, is totally fine not to have a period every single month. If you're not on any medication, then you better go see your doctor because that's, we yeah. will have to find out why yeah so that's a really hard concept for women that Mm -hmm. you know if you're not on any medication you better have a period every month or i gotta look for a tumor thyroid anorexia athlete triad you know stuff like that but if i put you on a medication you can have no periods at all and i haven't had a period for the past 10 years my last baby um as long as i take my medication every day yeah i forget to take my medication then i have a period that sucks. But yeah. yeah, I'm actually on a pill as well that lets me skip my period. And so it's been three years now. And I actually get a lot of questions based on being a geneticist of, from my girlfriend saying like, is that okay? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's okay. Like, I mean, I'm not an expert in this, but like the things I've read and the things I've heard and I feel good. Um, but my mother is convinced that I just have it all backed up in me. My, no, <laughs> my no, boomer no, mom no. is convinced. Yeah, have her- <laughs> I'm like, it's not, I'm mom. It's my really- TEDx talk. Um, I have a TEDx talk on pandiahealth.com forward slash periods optional. Um, I just gave it, I think, March. Yeah, mm-hmm. the first week of March before everything shut down. Um, and for your um, mom, what happens with your periods normally is you build up that lining whoa, 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 way up there, and then you wait for an embryo, and you're like, oh, no embryo, and then you bleed. Yeah. But on the pill, you don't bleed you don't build it up as much Mm -hmm. because the pill tells your body that you're pregnant. And so you you don't need to build all that up in hopes of catching an embryo because it thinks you're already there. Yeah. And so it's just kind of this boring flat line. And I think the slide is in my TEDx talk, which shows the boring flat line on the birth control pill patcher ring versus the up and down and up and down and up and down of the lining and of your hormones you know, while you're at it. What are some of the benefits of not having a period? 
Yeah. So um, the top ones I like is the number one way to decrease your chance of ovarian cancer mm. is not um, have using some method that blocks your eggs from popping out every month. Because mm -hmm. when your eggs pop out, we don't know if it's the popping or the healing, that is your risk of ovarian cancer. Mm -hmm. So being on the birth control pill for, I believe, five years decreases your chance of ovarian cancer by 50%. Wow. The only other way to decrease ovarian cancer is to take out your ovaries, which we do not recommend unless <sighs> you are done with babies. Yeah, leave them in there, y'all. Leave them in. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the number two is um, endometrial cancer because mm. you're building up and you're sloughing. You're building up and you're sloughing. And yeah. the fewer times you build up and slough, the fewer risk of cancer popping out, popping out. And then the number one cause of anemia in a menstruating mm -hmm. woman. This is what we, as physicians, ask all the medical students. What's the number one cause of um, anemia in a menstruating woman? Menstruation. Yeah. What is the number one cause of missed school or work in a woman under the age of 25? Menstruation. Wow. And I've given this talk to like a room of 30 CEOs. And three of them will come up to me afterwards and be like, I'm cold, I'm tired, I have these horrible cramps. Do I just go on and lead my company? Do I share that I have these cramps? And I was like, girlfriend, don't you have like health insurance and a doctor? Because <laughs> we could take care of this. Yeah. And like, well, it runs in my family. And I'm like, just because it runs in your family doesn't mean it has to be. Yeah. Doesn't mean it should be that way. Yeah. You know, like what runs in my family is allergies and being blind. But <laughs> I'm wearing contacts and I'm taking my allergy medicine. Right? Yeah. And unless you're trying to get pregnant, it's not necessarily something that you need. You know, it's like, exactly. you know, animals have periods because there's like heat and, you know, reproduction is the main priority. And humans, you know, especially women, we're CEOs now, right? And so yeah. like fertility isn't our only priority in life biologically anymore, right? Exactly. And in the old times, we would have eight babies and breastfeed mm -hmm. for, you know, 15 months. Mm -hmm. And now we're having two babies and we're breastfeeding for zero, three or six months. Not saying that's great, the breastfeeding part, but the babies part, yes. Uh -huh. And so we used to have 100 periods in our lives. Now we're having 350 to 400. Oh my gosh, so, because we don't, for our listeners, I, I always like to really put out the basics there. Um, for our listeners, but you don't have your period when you're pregnant. So that's why the yeah. number is different there. So you're saying <laughs> when people were pregnant eight times, where women were pregnant yes. eight times, they only had so many periods. But now that we don't have as many babies, we're having a lot more periods. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I've never thought yeah. about that before. Yes, wow. and also the breastfeeding. So if you're exclusively breastfeeding every two to three hours, that usually turns off your periods at least oh, for six months. Oh, I didn't know that. And, and possibly for more. So now we used to be incessantly pregnant or breastfeeding, no periods. And now we are incessantly bleeding because oh we are pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Um, are we starting our periods earlier or having them longer, do you think? Yes. So also we used to start our periods at 15 or 16. Now we're starting it at 12. Anytime mm -hmm. you hit 22% body fat or I'm an adolescent medicine specialist. So another rule of thumb, hundred pounds. Mm -hmm. So as my daughter approached hundred pounds, I was like, Oh, periods are coming. And as my second daughter is getting there, I'm like, uh, periods coming. So generally two years after you see the little breasts show up, the first little boobies, then you get your period yeah. or a hundred pounds, whichever comes first. And that we used to not hit a hundred pounds usually until age 15. And now we're doing it earlier, right? Yeah. I exactly. got my first period on my 13th birthday itself. 
I remember we went to the movies uh, with some girlfriends and I went to the restroom and it was on my 13th birthday. And I remember being so 13 year old sour about it, you know, like not on my birthday. How could this happen on my birthday? You know, (laughs) exactly. I mean, on one hand, you know, you can celebrate your fertility and blah, blah, blah. But at 13, you really don't want to be pregnant. And at any time, I hate blood and I hate pains. Yeah, yeah. I was like a really moody 13 year old who didn't know about femtech or my feminist, you know, passion yet that had not yet bloomed. (laughs) I I saw it as nothing but gross and inconvenient. So um, obviously feel a lot different now. So back to uh, Pandia Health, do you just give the pill or do you also have patch available or what are other, uh, is, tell me about that. Yeah. So we can do the pill, the patch, the ring. We can also do the shot, but we're just hesitant. If you've mm. never given a shot to yourself, for me to send you the shot is kind of eh. Mm. But if you're already on the shot, and actually we've had a lot of doctors approach us, they have patients that are on the shot and usually they do it in their office because yeah. that shot is intramuscular and it's a deep shot and if you do it wrong you could like paralyze your leg or something but there's a sub q one which is Mm. subcutaneous which is a shorter needle lower dose and it goes under your skin Mm. and you can watch a video online and do it you can probably also watch a video online and do the intramuscular as well but we just you know if you've never done it before then let's not do the intramuscular let's do the sub q yeah and generally (laughs) we just don't we don't we don't put that one out there because people aren't so much into the shot but if you covid can't get into your doctor's office then we can mail you the sub q and so a lot Mm. of doctors are excited about that and we also don't need to write your prescription we are perfectly happy that your doctor write the prescription Mm -hmm. and we just do the delivery so if you currently are running to a pharmacy every month, every three months, and you're sick of that, come to Pandia Health. We take all insurance except for Kaiser, and we're working on Medicaid state to state, but it's very complicated uh, depending on your state. And we also take TRICARE for those people that are in the military. Cool. What is the ring? What's that? The ring. Oh, the ring is magical and amazing. So all the physicians, and that's the thing at Pandy Health, we will always tell you what's best for your health, even if it's not best for my bottom line. So what's best, I would say right now, is the IUD with hormone. But if you're not into that, then I would consider the ring. And there's actually a new ring now that's a one-year ring. So I think that might even bump out the IUD for those people who aren't into the IUD. But the thing with the new ring that concerns me is if you're under 30, you may want to kind of rethink it because it has a low estrogen. So like we were talking about before, if your estrogen is too low in your pill, then you risk um, bone density problems. Mm. So um, so the new ring only has 30, 13 micrograms of estrogen. And in general, we recommend at least 30 micrograms mm. until you're 30 years old for your bone health. And so a lot of patients are like, I want the lowest hormones possible. And I was like, if you are on the low, low medication, which is 10 micrograms, that's not good for your bones. If you're on the 20 micrograms, that's not good for your bones. But if you're like me, 30 and over, then it's totally fine, the 20 microgram. And then the 10 microgram, I still wonder, you know, I think it just depends on your, you know, your age. If you're above 50, then yes, we go to a lower because otherwise you risk blood clot or something like that. Or if you're small boned, then you want more estrogen. If you're big boned, then you might be okay. Yeah. Why is 
why do you need more estrogen for your bones? Because I'm trying to understand, like, this pill is not natural. It's a medication I'm taking or a ring that's, yes. you know, infusing the hormones. So why is having a low-dose estrogen bad for my bones and better to take something that's higher dose? Yeah, so we're just trying to get you to the dose that is good for your bone density. And so they've shown, so what it is, is from age 15 to 30-ish, you're putting on all your bone density. You're mm -hmm. building your calcium bank. And if your estrogen is too low, such as we see in anorexics, mm -hmm. then you can't put that calcium into your bone bank. Mm -hmm. Once you're 30, there's no more bone banking, so it doesn't matter your estrogen as much. But until 30, you need enough estrogen to get that calcium into your bank. Mm -hmm. And we've done research showing if you're on a 20 microgram pill, your bone density is not as good as if you're on a 30 microgram pill. And so oh. we want to keep you at the best bone density possible. Yeah. And then at 30, we figure it doesn't count anymore. Because my joke is we were all supposed to be dead at 30. And anything <laughs> above 30 is gravy. Yeah. And so that's why all sorts of things go whack at 30 or definitely at menopause. Yeah. And all the estrogen stops. But what about women who aren't on the pill at all? Like, are they, do they have enough estrogen for bone density? So that is, um, as I gave an example, the anorexic, yeah. right? So they do not have enough estrogen for bone density, but they also don't have enough calcium for bone mm -hmm. density either because mm -hmm. they're not eating, yeah. but also athletes. So the misunderstanding is um, without any hormones, if an athlete loses her periods, then she's cut because she's like gotten all the fat off of her body and she's pushed herself to the extreme. Yeah. But that is a lie. If she has gotten to the point where she lost her periods, then she is anorexic-ish, meaning that she's sick and she, her body doesn't have enough of the nutrients that it needs to bleed every single month. Mm -hmm. And so um, the flip side is we try to educate um, athletes that you can turn off your period. And are you going to do better on the soccer Olympics on your period or off your period? Mm -hmm. Are you going to do better in the swimming Olympics on your period, off your period, the running on your period, off your period. And then for the young women, my daughter, she's almost there that we can turn off her periods two years after you get your period. Mm -hmm. That is when I would suggest turning it off mm -hmm. because we um, know that if we throw estrogen too soon, then you lose a couple inches on your final growth. Mm. And so for her, is she going to, do better on her SAT on her period or off her period, right? Yeah, so interesting. Oh my gosh, so, so interesting. And the ring is something that someone can put in by themselves at home? Yes, and so it has the exact same hormone as the pill, and you just change it once a month. And so if you want to bleed, you can leave it in for three weeks and then take it out for one week, toss it, and go to the next ring. Or if, like me, I don't like any blood, then it has 35 days of hormone in it. And every month is less than 35 days. So you could change it on the first of every month or the Cinco de Mayo, you know, or whatever day works for you. And, um, and that's why the ring is lovely. Is it self-administered, set it and forget it. Don't have to worry about it just once a month. And the ring doesn't interfere with intercourse? And so 10% of those with penises will feel the ring during intercourse, but only 10% of them will care enough. So some of them is like, oh, that's interesting. Some of them don't <laughs> it's like a it ridge. All, right? And then, so it's one out of 100 of those with penises will be like, take it out. And you can take it out for up to three hours. But as a person who's about preventing pregnancy, don't forget to put it back in or else you will be literally screwed. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
What are some of the other announcements that you like to throw in the box? I love that, the education piece of it. Yeah, so again, to repeat, and um, we have all this stuff on YouTube in forms of video. We also have it on a blog. We also have frequently asked questions on Pandia Health is the four forms of emergency contraception. And so even the emergency room doctor may not know about this. It's only the academics. And I would call myself the queen of emergency contraception for teenagers because I'm obsessed about them knowing the latest and the greatest. And because I'm an academic, you have these med students and residents going, Dr. Yun, why are you doing this? The latest paper says this, right? Uh And so um, with emergency contraception, the number one most effective is the copper IUD. And generally, I'm not a fan of the copper IUD because the two major side effects everybody should know is more blood, more pain. Mm. And if you're the kind of woman who doesn't notice her periods at all, perfect method for you. But if you're the kind of person that's like, ow, ow, ooh, ah, bleh, maybe not the best method for you. And if you have anemia, hell no, not the method for you. Yeah. But for emergency contraception, it works 99.99999999% effective. And it works throughout the five days. So if my daughter was sexually assaulted or myself, and I wanted a 0.001% chance of being impregnated by my rapist, Mm -hmm. then I would consider the copper IUD. Um, The second most effective is Ella, and it's prescription only. But under the Affordable Care Act, no copay, no deductible. So anybody who's at risk of being impregnated, unless you're on the IUD or you've had your tubes tied or you you got the implant, should have some emergency contraception around, again, in case of sexual assault. God bless and then you, you, Obama. God bless you. <laughs> yes, thank God for the Affordable Care Act. Thank goodness yeah. for Obama and um, progressive policies to get women the means to prevent unplanned pregnancy. Yeah. So Ella works better at every time point. Ella works better for those who have a body mass index of 26 or greater. So my body mass index is like 25. And if I eat like a couple cookies or a whole bunch of pasta or COVID hits me because I'm all indoors and eating crap, then I'm easily a body mass index of 26. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's critical is that plan B and it's generics, the -the over-the-counter emergency contraception, if you have a BMI 26 or greater, plan B and it's generics are as good as water. What? Yeah. Yeah. So people need to know this. People need to get this out there. And so if somebody is providing you plan B and it's generics and they didn't ask you what your body mass index is or they didn't warn you, then that is not good care. And some people don't know that because they have so many other things to learn in medicine, you know, but my passion is all about birth control prevention and pregnancy. Mm-hmm. If they've got, you know, COVID people dying on them, they've yeah. got, you know, heart attack, skin, they they deliver babies and, you know, the family practice guy just has way too much to know, you know, so that's why I know this. That's why we provide this to all our customers because if you miss your pills or, you know, your girlfriend needs it, you can give it to her, you know, not mm-hmm. that you didn't hear me say that because you're not allowed to give other people your prescription drugs, but um, with Ella, we give it in advance because mm-hmm. we want everybody to think about emergency contraception like a fire extinguisher. When yes. the condom pops at 3 a.m., I don't want you to be like, oh, my God, I need to call my doctor. Is it yeah. at the pharmacy? Is it covered by my insurance? Blah, 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 blah. We want you to deal with that when you're not flipping out, when you're not about to get pregnant. Yeah. Because every minute you wait 
doubles your chance of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Every hour you wait doubles your chance of pregnancy. So I tell people if the condom pops at 3 a.m. and you didn't have another method, you know, if your condoms and the pill, you're fine. Condoms in the patch, you're fine. Condoms in the ring, you're fine. Condoms in the IUD, you're fine. Or just any of those alone, fine. But if you just wore the condom and the condom popped, then 3 a.m. condom pop, medicine in your mouth at 310. No cuddling, no snuggling, no hugging. <laughs> No waiting till the morning after, no waiting till five days after, because I just taught you that you could wait up to five days after, but that's only for your friend who shows up on day three and is mm. like, oh my God, the condom broke three days ago. And you're like, oh, here, have some emergency contraception. Yeah. But for anyone who hears your podcast, condom pops at three, medicine in the mouth at three, 10. No cuddling, <laughs> no hugging, no and, wow, I'm seriously uh, learning so much. This actually, I felt like I was really informed. And every episode I do, I'm always like, I still have so much to learn. And I'm pretty woke. I thought I was woke. And I obviously that's why we need this podcast, because there's so much about women's health and wellness that I, I not a lot of people know. Yeah, even doctors don't know. Like I didn't know about um, cervical mucus and how important that was in pregnancy. And once you learn how to check it out, how easy it is to follow it to get pregnant. I wouldn't necessarily do it to prevent pregnancy because I don't want to get pregnant when I don't want to get pregnant. But to get pregnant, once you learn about cervical mucus, very helpful. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm just going to have you on another podcast for to talk about cervical mucus because I can anticipate myself getting totally off track with that. Um, well, I want to talk to <laughs> yeah, you actually about... to talk cervical mucus. <laughs> <laughs> um... Sometimes I wonder what I title these episodes because I'm like, God, these are juicy episode titles, you know? <laughs> yes, um, do it. Be scandalous. Um, I want to go back to that ethnicity um, conversation because we actually have had quite a few people bring up, um, you know, how does Femtech Focus identify, you know, you know, discrepancies in women's health and wellness between races, ethnicities. And so, you know, that is something really important to me. And so you brought it up. So let's dive into that a little bit. First of all, why the heck don't we know that? Why don't we know what pills work on what ethnicities already? And then yeah. what are you doing about it? You know, and when maybe something that you've seen happening. Yeah, so that's why it's important that we have parity with respect to CEOs, with respect to researchers, and that we have diversity, mm -hmm. right? If you're not at the table, then your issues aren't at the table. It doesn't occur to a white male 70-year-old dude that birth control may be different by ethnicity. But when you are a person of color and you're noticing, why is it every time I prescribe it to Caucasian people, this works fine. And when I give it to Latinas and Asians, it's not working so well. Mm. And I want, I noticed that. And maybe you don't notice that. You just assume, oh, there's something up with this ethnicity. They just complain, you know, mm. but it's like, maybe it's the drug you know, yeah, or maybe, yeah. or you assume that they aren't taking the pill because their life is chaotic and they're of low socioeconomic status. Mm -hmm. And it's like, maybe this pill just doesn't work. You know, like I tried it, I'm a doctor and I'm pretty good at taking pills and I've tried it so many times and it's failed me so many times, yeah. you know, and the other, so, and then the other part is collecting enough of that ethnicity. So I'm Taiwanese, and I always want to separate out Taiwanese from Chinese, from Japanese, from Tongan, from Filipino, from South Asian, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But we're just thrown together as Asian because we don't have enough numbers. 
And so sometimes you just have to do the study in Taiwan so that you'll get enough numbers or in China where you'll get enough numbers. Or what's funny about Asian is if you look at um, UK research, all Asian is, um, is it South Asian we call, you know, yeah. Indians? That's their Asian. Whoa. When we say Asian in the United States, it's the mix of, you know, Chinese and Japanese and Vietnamese and Filipino all in one pot. Yeah, words and matter. So, words really matter. So, you know, if you're looking yeah. at a research from the UK and it says Asian, but it actually means Indian, it's, wow. Yes. Wow. And yeah. so, like, are researchers or FDA not requiring, you know, pharmaceutical companies to test drugs on different ethnicities? Is that not a, a guideline? It is not because, did, can you believe, first, we just added women. So now they're like requiring women, I believe. And then as a pediatrician, a lot of the drugs have never been tested in kids. It's just been extrapolated. Oh, the number one joke, yeah. our thing was albuterol, which is used for asthma, was never technically tested on children before we used it. Not saying it's bad. We just adjusted the dose. In pediatrics, we do everything by kilos. So the standard um, researcher is the 70 white kilo male. That is the standard research person that we do it on because yeah. it's easy. And then with kids, we just extrapolate from 70 kilos down to whatever kilos, you know, that the kid is. And so to then require ethnicity, it already takes, you know, millions of dollars to test all these drugs. And rather than hold this drug that could save lives from heart attacks and whatnot, we, if we did all the ethnicities, that would just add more money to it. And then yeah. which ethnicities, mm -hmm. right? And would we do, you know, what I call garbage bag of Asian, or would we make you split it by the sub-Asians? And then could you even get enough Vietnamese, right? And then is Vietnamese in the United States the same as Vietnamese in Vietnam? Yeah. Is Taiwanese in the United States the same as Taiwanese in, in Taiwan? I mean, I eat very differently from somebody in Taiwan, right? Mm -hmm. And although I'm mm -hmm. Taiwanese and my husband's Korean, we're in a Korean Taiwanese family and we're eating, you know, Japanese food every night. Yeah. So. What do you think are the solutions then? So at first I was just going to be really mad at pharma, but now I'm realizing <laughs> that, okay, maybe it is a really hard problem to solve, but like, yeah. do you have some ideas around how we can address this? I think we absolutely need to realize it's a problem and we need to have funding. It's, everything is about funding, mm -hmm. right? We don't have enough female CEOs because we need more female funders. Mm -hmm. And we also, need, yeah, we can't rely on the men to be magnanimous and fund female stuff. Because when I go in and I talk about pill anxiety, the fear of running out of birth control pills every single month. They're mm -hmm. like, how hard is that? Can't you get your butt into the pharmacy? And it's like, you try making it every single month, only this specific week for 20, 40 years of your life. Yep. And how much stress that's always in the back of my mind. Yep. Holy crap, I'm going to run out of the pill. If I run out of the pill, I'm going to bleed. I'm going to end up pregnant. There's all sorts of crap, you know, yep. like, do they go through that? No, they're just living in Zen. Mm -hmm. And then with this ethnicity thing, if no one's going to fund it, because like, we already tested the birth control pill. Well, we got to check it in ethnicities and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so then we do need that funding. We do need that awareness. And we do need professors and researchers of color looking out for that. But it shouldn't just be them. And there are a lot of magnanimous, you know, awesome um allies mm -hmm. that can do the research as well yeah. but it needs to be funded or else no one's going to do it wow this is incredible you know it reminds me a lot of um you know i have a phd in molecular human genetics 
And I learned in my, you know, doctoral program that the majority of the DNA in the databases that we use as reference is white people. And that we're prescribing personalized medicine, you know, very specific doses and drugs to black men for their cardiovascular issues, but it's based on the genetics of a white person. And that is such a huge issue. And I was like, what are you talking about? We don't, we haven't sequenced Asians. Like we haven't sequenced Indian people. Like who we haven't. And it's like, nope, actually. And so there was a laboratory at my school that they were doing some research, very basic science research in fruit flies, Drosophila. And the, the PI got so fed up about this, said, you know, our lab is just going to go to Africa and we're going to go around and sequence people to help diversify the database. But um, so I guess I shouldn't be too surprised that pharma is also the main test subject is a white person, you know, and so all of the results are, are surrounded around that Caucasian result. Mm. Yeah. And for pediatrics, even our growth charts are based on Caucasian, mainly children out of Colorado. Colorado? Why Colorado? Um, There must have been a strong pediatrics group. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope it wasn't like up in the mountains where gravity may have affected their bone development, you know? Yeah. (laughs) We're all running a little taller. (laughs) Yeah, so you need a different, like, there's a different BMI cutoff for Mm -hmm. Asians. And, again, you can't throw all Asians in the same lump, you know, but some Asians run skinnier, some Asians run bigger. Well, this has been really awesome. I'd like to ask you two questions that our listeners love. Number one is uh, we have a lot of listeners that are aspiring entrepreneurs. They want to start a company in femtech, but they don't know what to innovate. So what are some areas in femtech that still need innovating? I think that you look at whatever problems affecting you, and then that to me drives passion, Mm. right? And so me having to run the birth to the pharmacy every single month and be like, this is ridiculous. Why doesn't it come in the mail? Mm -hmm. There's my company. Yeah. Or... I know nothing about menopause. How come nobody's taught me anything about menopause? Who do I trust? And I'm all about drugs and doctors. So I would build it around drugs and doctors. Then I see people building it around, you know, health and exercise and nutrition. And I absolutely believe in that. But if you feel that, then it's time, you know, to go to the medication or maybe the medication is just fast and quick. And, you know, I don't have time for the nutrition and whatnot. Um, I think there's a lot of support for um postpartum you know Mm. that that still needs to be there like i can't believe we just recently learned about postpartum depression after breastfeeding every two to three hours for three months straight and pulling that all-nighter i was like no duh there's postpartum depression right and um something in there to help and to support. And I love seeing these apps where like postpartum, all your friends get together and feed the mom, you know, Mm -hmm. it's building that village and sharing that knowledge and getting support for people. Um, I think those are, you know, all opportunities in femtech and there's certainly so many more, you know, like, um, birth control, that in and of itself, you know, if you go down that technological PhD side, chemistry, drug pharma, there's only like two new birth controls that I know coming down the line. But for me, and again, because I'm not in that, why not an IUD with all the other hormones? So right Mm. now all the IUDs just have this one hormone and that's not the one with the greatest profile side effect. Mm. There are eight different progesterones 
And this is not the one that I would use if you asked me to choose a pill for you. This is the oldest one, and it has a nice half-life and everything, but it's also known to give people more zits. And so mm. why would you do that one? Why don't you use this one? The one that we've noticed doesn't give people as many zits. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so simple little innovation there or the shot, you know, that one gives you the munchies. Let's make one without the munchies, right? Yeah. And again, that one hormone, let's try seven other hormones mm-hmm. and then the ring. They were so proud that they went low dose. But again, it's about how you look at things, what you specialize in. I'm adolescent medicine and I'm all about bone health. And yeah. when they, the, and the dude, the drug company that did the one year rings, like we're so proud. It only has 13 micrograms of estrogen. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, that's not good. You know, yeah. like anything less than 30 is not good. We've done the research that yeah. if you're on 20, you have sucky bone density. Imagine if we took you to 13, oh, you know? And gosh. I said, did you test that? And they're like, no, we didn't test that. And I was like, you should look into this. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You know, what I'm hearing you say is like a lot of femtech innovation, you don't even need to build something totally new that doesn't exist. Look at what exists. It can probably be improved. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And based on data, which I, you and I are totally connecting on that. I'm very data driven. (laughs) I'm very much show me the graph, show me the data do it at least three times, you know, kind of a thing. So it has to be repeatable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and And, and that is startup too, right? Yes. You have to be be able to repeat. It can't be a one-off and that's why, yeah, it's just when you're doing marketing efforts, it's hard to choose influencers because you can't put in X dollars and get in Y amount. It's there's so many variables. That's right. Yeah. Where, you know, Femtech Focus, I consider it a startup right now. And so I have about 10 ideas running and 10 I- little mini projects going. And I have an advisor who's like, Britt, you need to focus. And I said, you know, I promise I will, but we're piloting these. I'm just doing a little bit of work. I want to see which one gains traction. And even if the first, you know, attempt doesn't work, we got to do it two more times and then I'll prove to myself like we should let that idea go and she's like you are such a scientist and I'm like yes yes I am you know I actually think more scientists should be entrepreneurs don't you think absolutely absolutely more scientists more women more doctors and particularly telemedicine I want people to look at their telemedicine companies and say who is the CEO Mm. what is his or her values are they here just to make money or do they actually care about your health and want to make sure that you get the best care possible are they just you know chunking out people as fast as they can because sometimes the easiest and the fastest is not the best for your health it's kind of like McDonald's right it's like easy yeah. and fast and cheap. But then once you look under the sheets, you're like, oh, wow, McDonald's is terrible for me. It's kind of the yes. same with telehealth. I would never thought I'd, I would compare those two. But that's what I'm hearing you say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yes. Dr. Yen, our last question is femtech as an industry. What do you think the industry needs the most right now? I think you know the answer, which is funding. <laughs> <laughs> we need funding Funding, funding, and after that, more women leaders, more scientists, and um, less lawyers, fewer MBAs. I love it. I love it. Dr. Yan, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. We will definitely um, put your website in our comments when we post your podcast. This has been really, really fun. Thank you so much for your time today. I had a great time and thank you for having me. Anytime you want to talk birth control, women's things, I'm here for you. Cool. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Dr. Sophia Yen of Pandia Health. You can get your prescription filled or get a prescription for birth control at www.pandiahealth.com where you can speak with a clinician or just get your prescription transferred over there and have your pills delivered every month to your house. Please support the Femtech podcast by sharing it with your network, telling your friends about it. We already have close to 400 subscribers. Honestly, by the time you hear this, it's going to be more than that. We are growing organically all over the world. So cool. So awesome. But I want to make sure that we are recording episodes and topics that you care about. So follow us on any of the social channels, the Insta, the Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of them, at Femtech Focus. Shoot us a direct message, DM us, and tell us what you want to hear about. Until next time, keep innovating in Femtech because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.